Lisa. I'm so, I'm just so like, I have chill bumps. I'm so thrilled to be doing this with you. I am, I'm over the moon. I'm just, I started thinking last night, especially I started thinking how long have I known Josh and Riley and where we began. And I'm just, we never could have imagined what life would look like right now. Right. I know. I was just thinking that same thing. I mean, oh, I might tear up, but genuinely, I don't know if y'all realize this, but you and Rod like set the standard for us. So like, if we have a question about marriage or if we're making a decision or if we're like setting our goals, it's always taken back to your family. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I'm so serious. I mean, we just hold you guys in such high regard and just model our marriage after yours. And um, anytime we're trying to make kind of set goals for our marriage or our families, it's always your names always come up and we always want to talk about the way you influenced us in those early days. Well, we have those people in our lives too, who we always wonder what would they do? And, um, Mm -hmm. and I think, I I really believe that's the way the Lord intended it. You know, that um, one generation would encourage the next and life is hard and, um, and life is glorious and it's all those things all mixed up. And so we were meant to live in community and we're just, um, Mm Golly, for years and years, we have been so grateful that you and Josh are in our community um, and that you would let us as an older generation from you guys, for sure, to be in your community. So um, y'all are treasures to our hearts. Well, it's fun because now we're entering this phase of adding a new baby to our family as older people, most people look at us and say, oh, you're so old. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So tell us about your family. Okay. Um, Rod and I will be married 37 years this fall. Um, We have seven children, two daughters-in-law and three grandchildren. Um, our, Our seven children, we have three biological sons, our oldest three kids, and they are 33, 31, and 30. And then we have three children that we adopted from Ukraine actually 10 years ago this year. Um, And they, yeah, they are now 26, 22, and 17. And then we have our little um, Bulgarian angel who um, may see she's 11 And we adopted her six, almost seven years ago, seven years ago this May. So we are just a mixture of three countries and our sweet, precious daughters-in-law. Sarah joined our family almost eight years ago and Parker and Caitlin got married a month ago. Yes. Yes. And then our three (laughs) grandchildren are all adopted domestically. So um, we are just like this patchwork 
quilt of the family. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's amazing. It is, it is amazing and beautiful. And our family is similar to yours um, through my parents and my brother. And so we have a kind of a similar, beautiful, colorful family mm-hmm. photo. And it's, I love it so, so much. It's the best. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy show. My name is Riley and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. Today, I um, wanted you to come on and just kind of share your heart for adoption, but also because you have three children that you adopted from Ukraine and with all the kind of current chaos and awful things happening over there, wanted to kind of give you a chance to talk to us about that and tell us maybe just from your perspective, how you're viewing it. What do you think God's heart is for children? How, what do you think God's heart is for Ukraine? And just what, what, I mean, what does your house even look like these days? You told me a little bit, what does it look like for you guys right now with all the things that are happening over there? Oh goodness. Well, our two sons from Ukraine, we have three children from Ukraine. They are siblings. They all came home at the same time 10 years ago. Our boys are now 26 and 22 and they um, they live out on their own now. Um, and Annabelle, who is 17 and a junior in high school, she is um, she's still living here at home with us. So our our conversation, first of all, let me back up and say what is happening in Ukraine is horrific and unthinkable. Um, one of the things, Rod happens to be on the board of a couple of ministries in Ukraine. One is called Reduga. And actually, the Rod met them when he was on another mission trip years ago before we even adopted. He, he met um, Oleg Vasilevsky, who is the founder there of Reduga and um, a native Ukrainian met him when he was on a mission trip. We had no idea how God was going before us Mm -hmm. in Rod meeting him. Mm -hmm. But what happened was um, when Rod was there and it was actually on a business mission trip. um, And so when the couple of times he went over there in that capacity, he was able to just from going to church and talking to people over there, he found out that the orphan crisis there was unbelievable. Um, Over 100,000 orphans just in that country alone at the time. Um, Now it's way higher, but Mm -hmm. at the time that's where it was. And so when the Lord impressed on our hearts that Ukraine was where we were to adopt from, Oleg and his wife, Lena, hosted us in their home, while we were part of the time we were while we were there 
and have been some of our since that time where they hosted us in their home while we were doing some paperwork and, and those sorts of things. They um, have since become some of our truly our closest friends and confidants. And so Rod now is on the board of, of their ministry called Reduga. He's also on the board of Life Song for Orphans um, on the Ukraine portion of Life Song for Orphans, which is an incredible ministry um, here in here in the states and in several different countries. And so um, they actually help to come alongside and fund the adoption of our three grandchildren. And so they're just incredibly important to us. But what has happened for our family, because we have so many close friends on the ground there in Ukraine through these ministries and through um, just friends that we met while we were there and our, our children's friends, Annabelle's been able to contact her best friend the, through the horror of this war she has been able to contact her best friend from the orphanage when she was a little girl through social media. And so we're able to talk to those people who are actually in different parts of Ukraine right now. So um, they're not concentrated in one area and we're able to hear firsthand from them what's going on on the ground there. And um, it's unthinkable. It's absolutely unthinkable. They are either underground or trying to flee. Bombs are going off around them all the time. Um, and for our children, I think that they are right now in just a mixture of, if this makes sense, it's almost like a tension between being overwhelmed with grief and fear because their biological mom, biological brother, some cousins, close friends are all there. So there is this fear that's beyond even what we can imagine. Um, there is a guilt, I think most particularly with our older boys, that the men there are being called to fight for their country and people they know and love are, are in the process of doing that. So they feel the guilt for not being there. Um, while at the same time feeling a relief and gratitude that they're not living in that. Right. Um, so it's like a whole mixture of, I don't know what to do. And then when it's all overwhelming, all of those things together, then there's almost a complete dissociation from it. Like, sure. I'm just going to pretend none of it's going on. <laughs> and I think it bounces back and forth all the time. Absolutely. All the time. That makes perfect sense. And yeah. I mean, our human heart can only handle so much tension at a time and yes, and then to not feel like there's any release in, okay, but I can do this. Or, I mean, is there any of that? Have you found, is there a Slavic community where you are? They have um, some friends here. Most of the community is, they've got a couple of friends actually in the Kennesaw area who we have over quite often. So our boys, um, either through seeing them or, you know, just phone calls, text, whatever, they're able to practice their language. Annabelle doesn't remember it. She was seven when she came home and yeah. um, doesn't remember 
um, her, her language anymore at all. But um, so they have that close friend group. Um, most of the community is a little bit away from us and they have chosen not to get in the middle involved in it, but they do keep up with people pretty regularly. They are people. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. people. Yes. They are very much about their people. Um, mm-hmm. But just mm-hmm. because, um, you know, you throw in all the things that come from being orphaned from um, orphanage life and not a good situation. So you throw all that in too, which is another tension that I didn't even think to mention, um, which may be the biggest tension of all from them now that I think about it. Mm. Every time it comes up, it triggers the most horrible memories and PTSD and all the things. So it's just all mashed up in there. Mm-hmm. So dealing with it is so triggering for them. Um, so yeah, it's been, um, hmm. it's been something. I know your, I know your mama heart is just grieving and so much. It's interesting. I mean, it'd be nice to just be able to be put into a safe home and with loving parents and that be enough. But the reality is our hearts and, and hearts of children who've been adopted are, have gone through trauma. And, and so it's, I guess, just a delicate situation of how much do you face at a time? And then things like this, where it's just slammed into your face. Like I don't have a choice, but to, for all these feelings to kind of come to the surface and knowing how to, how to face that and deal with it. It's just not fair and it's hard. And how do you even find the tools to be able to manage that or walk that out and continue with life? I mean, your, your day to day is a mix of softball and grandbabies and a wedding and, and then all of this is going on and it just feels like a lot. If it has yeah I mean that's exactly it it's been a lot for a long time it's like for a long time it's been a lot um and now it's a lot a lot if that makes any (laughs) if that makes any sense at all Um, it makes perfect sense because you're right and and I'm so thankful that you understand this from your own family and um because it's hard to explain the trauma that we walk in, in our family every day. Um, not our children's fault at all. No. Um, some days, especially of late with, with the war and, you know, other things going on some days feel like for me, at least I shouldn't, speak for anyone else in the family but for me it feels like um okay get up in the morning help them help the girls stay focused and uh, get them get them ready for school feel loved out the door you know all the things that moms worldwide do every morning yes and then just go for it almost feels like I go okay let's do the next thing is this a hard thing or an easy thing is this a trauma-inducing thing do I need to be on guard for that? 
or is this a run to the grocery store thing? It's of late, it feels like it's going from one event or one thing to the next mm-hmm. all day, every day, and just trying to adjust, um, you know, just a just small thing. I don't even know how to describe it. Like last night, um, going from major tears in the house, you know, just a <laughs> lot going on, and then I glanced at the clock. Okay, time to get in the car and go cheer like a mama at softball. And then, right. okay, time. To, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this it, it's, but it's all good. It's like the um, the holy and the hard colliding mm-hmm. all day, every day. All day um, every day. And I know that that's not just a um, adoptive family life. That's that's life. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it really is. It, it's life a lot of the time. And right now we just happen to be ultra in the trenches of it. Right. Yeah. Right. Well, I hope that you don't feel alone in it and that you have good community surrounding you. And we're so grateful. We are utterly and completely surrounded, which is a great reminder for me when the enemy tries to say, Nobody understands you. You're all alone. Um, Mm -hmm. You're never going to get this thing right as a mom, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all over the place have that um, lie from the enemy thrown at us all the time. Um, And so just just to be able to, um, man, we need each other. And I'm so (laughs) thankful we have in each other. Um, I think I've decided that that is the solution for all things. Like, Right. I really do. I just feel so strongly that just the confession, just the talking it out and unifying with others and being collective about our, with our lives is core, you know? So Exactly. It matters so, so much. And I'm, um, I am convinced now more than I ever have been, I think, that for our family, we belong not just to um, attend church, but to be completely poured out there and to be poured into there. Um, and, And in full disclosure, we, a couple of our children are currently not attending church. And, and so I worry for them about that because it, it matters so much for our family. And, and I'm convinced I used to feel as a mom, I used to feel guilty about a ton of things, but one in particular was if I took a couple of hours once a week to go out to breakfast while the kids were at school or with other moms, or I felt guilty about all those things. Now I realize it's core, just like you said, it's, yeah, it's of utmost importance. Um, we weren't meant to do this alone. And so um, I'm so grateful that you are not only convinced of that, but that you're speaking about it frequently and eloquently and with (laughs) such, such passion about it, because it, it does matter. I find myself when I veer off a little bit and, and get away from that, if I'm not careful, my whole life 
is about doing laundry, (laughs) you know, and checking to see if we have enough soap and chicken and, you know, all the things that matter and are important and are for me, a huge part of being a stay at home mom for 33 and a half years now, which is crazy. Um, But it's just what God's called me to. And it's what I do. And it all matters. And it's all for his glory. Um, Even the stinky laundry, all of it is. But if I'm not careful, it will suck me in and um, define me. And Mm -hmm. yeah, and so, um, so I'm thankful that I'm thankful that I'm that the Lord is sometimes kicking me in the rear end (laughs) and sometimes sweetly encouraging me to, you know, you you need these ladies, you all, you and Rod need these people. And that's right. Um, because community, be okay. I yes. mean, it just brings, um, clarity. Like it just brings, I know that the energy that I get after being with people who are life-giving allows mm-hmm. all of those other things to be done with less effort. Whereas a load of laundry might just be completely draining and put me into tears and make me feel like the loneliest person. Or that load of laundry can be full of like purpose and mission and clear like um, energy because I've come out of a place where I've been filled and yes um, loved and, you know, those first needs have been met. And so it just changes the whole dynamic of of mom life and marriage life. And when, when we've first allowed God to fill our own hearts, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's, um, go back and just tell us your story. If you want to like what, so you had three boys yes, and track it along and then (laughs) decided to (laughs) start over, I guess people might say, um, tell us the whole shebang. Like we want to hear about that. Oh, wow. The whole shebang is gracious. It started so many years ago, over 30 years ago, I would say. Okay. When God prepared your heart for this for a long time. Aren't you so grateful? I'm so thankful all the time. And in so many ways that he goes before us, you know, and we can always seem to look back and think, oh my goodness, that's what he was doing then. It begins to make sense. So yeah, probably um, more than 30 years ago, Rod and I actually began talking about adoption and we, um, <laughs> it, it was, on our heart and we actually back then that makes me sound old to even use that phrase there were VHS tapes and so we ordered these VHS (laughs) tapes about adoption from Guatemala and from those places and because I was a Spanish minor in college so I guess that's why we started there and so we began watching them and learned some things and learned that that wasn't a good time for us to do that because typically when you adopt particularly um, internationally you have to go to that country for a period of time and our oldest son was having some medical issues and was in and out of the hospital 
children's hospital pretty frequently. And so that just wasn't viable. So we kind of set it aside and it really didn't, it would come up occasionally, um, but it just kind of lie dormant in our minds for a while. And when, oh goodness, the, the topic came up again, the closer we became to being empty nesters. And honestly, it was a tension, a, a torn sort of thing for us then too, because everybody around us and really us, we were all saying, oh, we're so close to being empty nesters. Let's start a Hawaii fund. Let's, yeah. <laughs> maybe we could go on a, on, a, on a cruise with just adults, or maybe we could, um, I don't know, we, we were just like, just dreaming. Let's just go party and the whole thing. And, so, <laughs> and, and by party, we meant go out to dinner just to without us. That was kids. <laughs> 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 or go on, a, go on a trip with another couple, you know, that kind of thing. And so um, it just kept raising its head over and over. And when mm-hmm. Parker, our third son, our older two sons were already graduated from high school when Parker was a senior. All these movies that would have adoption themes would would um, were coming out, and it was weird because every time it would it would come up on on the movie or on TV, and we were all just lazily around watching whatever. Rod and I, I would start to cry immediately, <laughs> and Rod would give me the look like, "Oh yikes, <laughs> me too." And so it was little things like that. When And so when we, the empty nest days were finally here, Parker went off to college and it was just us. We spent about two months having a blast. You know, we were going out with friends to dinner and we, we thought it was a big deal that if we wanted to, we were sitting on the couch eating dinner like that was never allowed when the kids were at home we sat around the table and we you know did all those family things and we were like oh we're gonna sit on the couch and eat our dinner and watch whatever we want and we thought we were just something and so that sounds like our date nights now (laughs) right right (laughs) wait we're alone okay let's sit on the couch (laughs) let's sit on the couch and eat dinner we don't have to sit at the table and so um it was just a big deal and we were having a blast and one night um we were we were sitting on the couch eating dinner and then we were just sitting there reading and it was quiet we turned and looked at each other and I said Rod this isn't well with my soul and he said I know me either and we both knew what we were talking about and looking back the Lord had prepared us for that for so long we knew that we knew that we knew that our empty nest years, God had not called us to just chill, you know, to just kick back in the recliner. And so we decided after all kinds of things happened and after much prayer, um, we talked again. And one day I said to Rod, Rod, I think that the Lord is calling us to something really hard and he said, I know. And it's like, we have both come to that separately, but together. And I said, I think it's going to be the very hard. Um, 
I did know we had both had the opportunity to be on lots and lots of mission trips, um, both domestically and internationally. And at parts through that, I knew like even the two week trips, the Lord just began to stir something in me. Two weeks isn't enough. I want more from you. I want more from you. And when it came to the adoption um, conversations in, in what was our calling beyond, um, you know, in the empty nest years, somehow we perceived that there was an easier way and a harder way because um, we only knew what we knew at the time. And so um, we decided that we would, Ukraine had a hosting program and Rod had been going, you know, like I said, to those business trips. And so um, we decided, why don't we host some orphans? You can do that for five or six weeks in the summer or at Christmas, we'll host some orphans and just see what happens from there. Maybe that's what God's calling us to, not two weeks, but maybe five weeks or six weeks. Um, and then, then we'll go party, you know, like once we've done our five or six weeks, we'll, um, then we'll take some time and, and go do the regular, um, the regular retired life or, or emptiness yeah. life thing. We the American expectation. Yes. The American dream. That's exactly it. And yeah. so we hosted, we hosted actually two of our current children, um, plus another little girl who ended up not being adoptable. Um, the day we brought them home for five weeks, we knew, we knew, we actually both knew when we left the airport and we were driving on the highway on the way home. And so we called our sons together and talked with them about it and, and knew that the Lord was calling them, calling us once the hosting was over to, to adopt these children. And another way the Lord just went before us was that we, um, found an adoption advocate for us and a kind of our liaison person and called them and said, this is what we want to do. We want to adopt these children. We know for sure we want to adopt from Ukraine. We know about the orphan crisis there. And she said, and this is such a huge part of our story. She said to us, are you sure? And we said, yes, we are sure. The Lord has made it clear. And she said, no, I mean, are you sure Ukraine? And we said, Yes, we're sure Ukraine. And she said, well, if you're sure, then we're going to move forward. But I want to tell you that adopting from Ukraine, the actual process is the very hardest. And all the years after it are the very hardest um, with what those orphans have been through. And it went back to that conversation on the couch. I believe the Lord is calling us not just to the hard, but to the very hard. And so he was so gracious to prepare us for that. So we went and um, a few months after we hosted them, went to adopt Nick and Annabelle, whose names were um, Anya and Mikolai at the time, and got there to Ukraine. And they said, oh, by the way, they have an older brother. You'll need to bring him home to adopt them. And so that was another step in the very hard because he wasn't willing initially. And so we ended up being in Ukraine two months. In the end, okay. all three of them came home and they've been home 10 years. Three years later, 
we got an email or phone call actually was what happened first. And our same adoption agent said, um, will you pray about something? And I said, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Let know if I'll pray honest. about this or not. And she said, um, <laughs> we have a little girl who desperately needs a home. A family was adopting her. She lives in Bulgaria. A family was adopting her. She has medical issues and they were unable to pursue this adoption because of that. And we need her to live near children's hospitals. Um, Mm. And you, you live in Atlanta. So there's that. Um, Will you pray about it? And I said, well, okay, we will pray. And I said, how old is she? And at the time I was in my, I mean, I was in my fifties and I thought maybe she's about Annabelle's age. And, and so I said, how old is she? And she said, well, she's three. And I said, you've got to be you, you were kidding me. I'm like mid fifties now. And um, she said, I can just see her sweet picture though. And I am like uh, a melted puddle because she is the sweetest thing she I've ever is seen. Precious. And I all said, her accessories, I mean, the works. It um it absolutely defines her head to toe. She is the most extra child <laughs> I've ever met in every single way. Um, so yeah, so I said to the adoption agent, please just um I said, email me, but don't send me pictures. Just give me her her information, but mm. don't send me pictures because I know myself. Right. So she emailed right. me and sent me a picture. And I was like, oh no. Oh. So I called right at work and he said, okay, email me. But if you got a picture, don't send it. So I emailed oh, she said him. the same thing. Yeah. And I, I, I emailed him and I sent him the picture and um, <laughs> <laughs> I did to him what was done to me. And, and so he called me back and he was like, okay, oh, wow. You know, we're going to say yes. And so, um, so yeah, Macy, by the time Macy came home, she was four and now she's 11. Um, so did you go to her got, home country also to see We her? did. We went to, we had to go to Bulgaria twice when we went to Ukraine. It was for two months. One big long trip for us was how that one worked out for Macy. We went and then we had to come home for a few months and go back again a few months later. Mm-hmm. So that was a very long, it was a mm-hmm. very long in between. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. so that's how we became a family of seven. That's how it happens. That is how it happens. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little dream turns into a God-sized dream. Well, you know, what I heard you say that has kind of just stuck with me and interested me is, is God said, or you said two weeks isn't enough and God wants more from me. Mm -hmm. And it's just this idea that I don't think is rare for God, unexpected. We should come to expect that he is going to invite us into complete immersion. Like, I mean, in giving, and I feel like you can lead us best of all and what, speak to what suffering for someone else looks like, like taking on their pain, like actually pouring your life out, which you guys did for other people. And of course there, you take them immediately and graft them into your heart and you love them 
but it also is still a life poured out and it still is taking on a lot of suffering. And so, I mean, what do you think about all of that? Hard question. Riley, um, I I think the suffering that they have walked through, we thought we knew. And we did the best we could talking to people, joining online adoption groups to ask the questions. We talked to lots of other adoptive parents. We read every book we could find. Um, We had ministry partners in Ukraine um, when when we started all of this. So we naively thought we knew we th- we thought we yeah. got it of all things um well you did you i mean you prepared as much as you possibly could right and but- I, looking back i know now that that was the graciousness of the lord as so many things if we knew the whole story up front if we knew everything up front there are times we would be paralyzed with fear too much to move forward and jump in with our yes. Mm. Um, and I'm thankful that he Good reveals point. bits at a time, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what's happened for us in walking in their suffering. And I, in full transparency, because I asked Rod, how transparent do I get here? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and because you're talking about other people's lives and I know you don't want to cross that. Right. I don't want to cross that. I will say, though, that when you when you walk in your children's suffering, when you walk in um, and this is okay to share, when you walk in diagnoses that have been um, correctly given, not just tossed around, but very correctly given diagnoses like severe PTSD, severe depression, severe anxiety. Um, dissociation, all those things. Um, those are all things we didn't completely understand. We'd only, I had read about them because I was the psychology major in college and that's really about it. And so when you walk in those sorts of things, when you walk in moments that, um, and this is an example I'm, I'm also allowed to share that happened some years ago, um, but that really defines, it speaks so much to all of it is what I will say. There was a, there was an afternoon several years ago. I would, I would say Annabelle was maybe, um, she came home when she was seven, maybe she was 11 or 12 and she's 17 you now. And, um, we were just doing regular, regular day at, at home. And she I could hear her all of a sudden screaming from the bathroom in sheer terror, sheer freaking out, screaming from the bathroom. And I thought, oh, dear. So I went running. I thought she had injured herself or whatever. And I ran in and I, but her eyes were, I don't even know how to describe. They were terrifying. And I said, baby, what happened? What are you okay? What happened? What happened? And she said, get it out of here, get it out of here, get rid of the soap. And I said, what? The soap, the soap. 
And I thought maybe it burned her. You know, I just, I, I didn't even know what to make of that moment. Um, I remembered that I had come to Marshall's though that day and, you know, as we do in Marshall's bought pretty soaps and things. And I just felt, you know, very fancy at the moment when I brought them home and fixed everything up. And she said, it smells like somebody who used to beat me. Mm. Throw it out. And I was immediately crushed for her. I was crushed at myself as if I could have known in the marshals, you know, but I, I, I share that with you that the triggers, the, the memories, the, all the things that come from, from that life that they had, they're intense, they're remembered in thing in times that make sense and in times that don't. Um, and that really defines when, when you talk and walk them in their suffering, that moment has come to define the way it's, it, it is. You don't know what the triggers are. You don't know. You can prepare for some of them, the ones that recur a lot. Um, so we, we know how to, how to do some things, you know, correctly. There are things that we know about, you know, how to make their, their bedrooms feel safe and things like that. We've learned those things over the years, but, but that soap moment is the way I think of it. It speaks to what it's like every day. Yeah. And, and yeah. also it speaks to a whole lot of, um, it's hard. I will say um, this yes that, that we said to the Lord um, is so holy and so um, every day I wake up and think, I cannot believe the Lord is allowing us, us. I look at myself in the mirror. He's allowing us to walk this. He's allowing us to live out loud in the most amazing way the rest of our years. Um, and also every day I wake up and think, can I do this again today? Because <laughs> it's hard. It's um, walking in someone else's suffering walking in your children's suffering because it presents itself in a hundred different ways every day mm. is amazing. We would say yes a million times over. It was God's calling for us. And I hope to goodness we never say no to his calling. I know we have many times in the past. Mm. Um, I mean, we all have, but yeah, it, it's those two things together, the holy and the hard colliding every day. Does that make sense? It does make sense. And I just am swirling around with lots of different thoughts about that. I, I think what I, something I heard you say that could help every mama. Um, but maybe especially I, you know, my heart is so soft for my sister-in-law and my brother and my mom who are walking in similar shoes to yours. And 
just just being able to say, I don't know. I don't know how to do this. I don't know the answers. Doesn't matter how much preparation you you know worked for, and it's just hard because it's lives and it's changing and evolving. And and thankfully, your daughter was able to say it was the soap. Like in that moment, yes. she could say, but every moment is not so well expressed. You know, sometimes things are just hard that you're relying on silent cues or oh, Holy yeah. Spirit. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I don't know what's going on in this moment. I, there's so, I mean, in any family thinking about my own and, and just all parenting, like life is just out of control. You know, it's yeah, out life of our is crazy control. anyway. <laughs> it's just out of our control. And, and we want to be able to package it and fix it and put it into our schedule, but our children just don't function that way. And they require, they require slowness and listening and paying attention and reading cues. And, um, and so I think that that brings comfort to hear you say, like, I just don't always have the answers and you're kind of just figuring it out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, some days I stink at it. I mean, if we're being honest, some days, I feel like I do that and do that relatively well. And some days I stink at it, you know, some, mm-hmm. some days I, um, I lose my patience. Um, yeah. some day, depending on how it presents itself. And some days, um, if, if this tells you anything for the last two Christmases in a row, and this is the sweetest Christmas present from, from my sweet husband, Rod. Two Christmases in a row, he has given me gift certificate to have a foot massage once a month for an entire year. And I think the whole family has rejoiced over that because, <laughs> oh, good, mama gets this. This is going to be great for all of us. And um, so I'm, I'm so thankful that he... Um, recognizes that that is a fantastic gift that just gives all year long and um just things like that are are so helpful well what reminds you like it sounds like you just keep at the forefront of your mind that this is a sacred work and that you are doing holy things and how do you keep that in the day-to-day how do you keep that at the surface? And is that coming from time spent with the father or how do you take care of yourself and keep your mindset in a place that is balanced? Maybe three things come to mind, like autumn, as you were wording your question, three things came to mind really, really fast. Um, the first one is, is for sure time with the Lord in, in two ways. One is reading through the Bible, um, doing the read through in a year, which has been, and Rod and I are both doing it. So it's been really, really um, good and incredible for us because we know we're reading the same things every day and we're talking about it and, um, and it's consistent. And it's something that I can do in 15 minutes 
a day. And, and so it's a, I don't want to say quick, easy, because that makes it sound like it doesn't matter. But, um, but I know I can do that. It's and, dependable. Yeah. Right, right. Um, that's one thing. And then just time talking to Jesus, you know, in the car and um, devotionals and books and all those things, just trying to pour my, my mind with what's right and true and good. Because if I listen to the news or when I listen to the news and when I get on social media, um, which I'm on a lot because I teach 11th grade um, Sunday school at church and I have a teenager and um, I don't want to stick my head in the sand. So I'm on and I'm paying attention. But with that comes a lot of um, crazy. And so a lot of things that aren't true and helpful and encouraging. And so it's super important that, that I'm filling my mind up with what matters. The second thing for me, um, 99% of the time, the radio is always on in my car and I'm, <laughs> I joke that I need to wallpaper the inside of, mm. of my, of my SUV because I'm in it more than I am the house. It feels like most days, but 99% of the time music is on and it's always um, Christian music. It's always music with scripture and not because, and I don't mean that in a legalistic way, but for this journey we're on for, I just must, I must be filling my mind with truth all the time um, and just be encouraged and uplifted in what is right and beautiful and holy and, um, and what stands firm always. And the third thing um, that I would say for sure is keeping our marriage after Jesus, keeping our marriage, the main thing. Um, I, I read a quote and I think I might've posted it too, who knows, but I read a quote recently that said, your marriage must be built to outlast your children. And that stuck with me and it stuck with Rod um, that our marriage must be strong. And so every day, Rod and, Rod and I will say to one another, sometimes on some days, it's multiple times a day, we fist bump and we say, we are a team. And we, we say all the time, remember the circle, remember our circle, our circle of just us and Jesus. Remember, um, oh. In I was the like, center, what's the circle? Okay. In the center, that. you know, the concentric circles where there's all your outside influences and then there's your family and your church and all your people, but the very center circle, the one that, that is the foundation, um, the, the very center of everything is first of all, our relationship with Jesus and second, our relationship with each other in our marriage. And so just very quickly, he can say to me, remember, we have a circle. Nobody can get in it. Um, wow. And so some days we say it to each other a multitude of times, you know, like when things go crazy. Sometimes Rod will just walk by me, hug me and whisper, remember, we have a circle. And, and it's just those daily reminders. It's for our marriage, it's um, 
if we can find an hour when everybody's at school or work and, um, and we both have aging parents who, who need us several times during the week. And, mm-hmm. and so when we can find that hour or two, we go grab pizza, you know, yeah. the house could be in shambles in an absolute mess. Like it is as we speak right now, <laughs> but we have to, we have to determine. Sometimes he'll say, we're going to grab pizza. And I'll say, oh, no, 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 no. Look at the house. Mm-hmm. And he will say, remember, we have a circle and we have to tend to it. Oh, and wow. I would say those three things, they matter more than I could have ever dreamed in, in where we're walking right now. I'm speechless. That's really stunning (laughs) beautiful Mm. it's amazing how our lives like we dream about our lives and what we want them to be and it it sounds like it does line up with what you like your dreams what your dreams were but then at the same time doesn't look at all the way you thought it was gonna look that's exactly it (laughs) that's exactly it and how could we have known, and we, by, I mean, you and Joshua and me <laughs> and Rod, how could we have known how many years ago? Because how old is Grayson? So it was before that. 15. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So even before that, when, when Joshua was sent to us to, to mentor and, um, and help with our oldest son, more than 16 years ago and then you and Joshua met and started dating so you started coming with him yeah <laughs> we had no idea no idea no idea that you know that and the God truth would've... is you were working in hard things I mean you were walking in hard things then yeah so this is just a whole different a different picture but you're not new to hard things and and pursuing life for your family that's you had lots of practice with that already (laughs) yeah and it's um it's my greatest honor yeah well you are very good at it Hmm. very good at just uh, exuding joy through all of it and that's really what's so set apart about you and um it just I mean people just gravitate to you because somehow you do all of these hard things that you just described with a smile on your face and a encouraging <laughs> word for other people. And it's just amazing. It really is. It's not normal. <laughs> well, be sure that there are moments that don't look like that. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of moments that don't look like that. I wish I could say um, that I have, that I always do it with just the sweetest attitude and just, <laughs> there, there are moments that don't look like that, um, for sure. Um, and, and that's, that's humbling to say so much so that I said to Rod, what do I do yesterday? I had some moments like that. And I said to Rod, how am I supposed to go do this podcast with my sweet Riley, who thinks that 
I'm just always just the sweetest treasure to be around. <laughs> well, you know what? Do it, this? It's, it's extremely helpful to hear that it's not sweet all the time. Because- no, not all. And he, he said to me, Lisa, you have to go be authentic. You have to say, there are days that I feel like I'm drowning. And, and there are, there are days I feel like I'm drowning. This is a hard, hard journey that we're on. And it involves, um, I mean, you know, it involves a lot of difficult days. It involves um, joy and sadness. It involves, sometimes it, it involves an unspeakable amount of rebellion in our home. It involves all kinds of things. And, and I think that that's true in all of parenthood, all of home life, you know, because you're living with each other for your whole life, you know, or at least in each other's lives, um, very closely for your, for your whole life. And so ours just happens to be on steroids a lot. And, um, and so <laughs> tell me the secret or just how have you learned I don't know your personality in the beginning but how do you let go of that control and just choose joy or contentment or like for me when things kind of get chaotic I tend to react with negative emotions or feeling mm. like I need to fix something. Like I, I get grumpy. Like it's hard for me to learn to let things in my life be um, rocky or roller coastery or whatever, just life. Let the people around me be themselves and go through their stuff without it impacting my mood or my success. Does that make sense? So much sense. And Raleigh, I'm right where you are. I, <laughs> I live in that exact same space. There are days that, no, not just, full, it's probably not full days. It's just moments. It's moments or spurts of days, if that makes sense, that it kicks me around a little bit, you know, and um. I think that's why I have become in my old age, I'll be 60 this summer. So, which is a little hard to say actually. Um, But especially when you say I'll be 60 this summer and then you go pick your daughter up from fourth grade. So it's kind of a funny little place to be in. But um, I think for me, that's why I absolutely have to, watch what I listen to, watch what I soak in and take in, um, in a bizarre twist that I didn't see coming. I watch very little TV anymore. Most of the TV that's on at our house is like a fourth grade TV. So yeah, <laughs> um, we, we don't binge watch Netflix and I don't even think there's anything wrong with that. I would love to sit down and just binge watch something or, and it's not that I can't, it's that, um, and it's not that I think that there's anything wrong with it at all, because I really desire to do that. Um, 
like hole up in a bedroom and binge right. watch something. Um, <laughs> but the 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 way I keep walking, if that makes sense, to just get up the next morning, keep walking, and keep um, perspective at least the majority of the time is to be, I have weeded out a lot of stuff. Um, If it doesn't speak life to me, Mm -hmm. if it doesn't spur me on, then it, most of it has to go. And that's not to mean, that's not to mean that we aren't in the world or we're not, um, in relationship with all kinds of people from all kinds of walks of life or, or that um, we put our head in the sand. It's not any of that. It's more what I let myself be entertained by, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, I've just had to, and it wasn't all one decision one day or anything like that. It's like, over over a long period of time and even sometimes even my own kids laugh at me they're like mom how can you not know who this this singer is or mom how can you not how can you not binge watch this everyone we know has binge watched this and I'm like (laughs) I would love to I just it's almost like I don't have the emotional or mental capacity for it at this point at this point because it's um we're rocking a lot of heavy right now um, and a lot of glorious too, for Pete's sake. We've got amazing things happening and wonderful kids and three grandbabies and everybody mm-hmm. knows grandbabies are total perfection. And um, <laughs> oh, well, do man. tell us, paint a picture of some of the beautiful things in your life. What are you thankful for? What keeps uh, you going? What brings you joy? And then we'll wrap up. Okay. Oh, there's so much. I am over the moon thankful for a marriage that has been steady and incredible for almost 37 years. Hmm. Um, I know that that is a gift. We have um, our oldest son, Jared, who, who, you know, is an EMT and he's going to school and just it's just amazing to see what God's done in his life. And um, Logan's son, our second son is married to the most precious, most precious daughter-in-law. And they have three children who are actually biological siblings that they have adopted. um, Not at once, three different times they're domestically adopted. And um, they're just, they're just beautiful and they have their own beautiful story and um, they're just, they're amazing. And it's so fun. And Parker got married a month ago and he is actually the director of student life at AC and Annabelle's um, Christian school. And so the fact that they get to interact at school and he's living just an incredible life and has the most beautiful godly wife and they're so fun. And so we just had a precious wedding and, um, and Evan, he's our, our road warrior. He would, he, he's our rambling man. And, um, he's working at a job he loves and his whole, he says his whole life is 
working and his dog and fishing and um, <laughs> and just living the dream and for him and he's um, he's come so far and we're so thankful and and Nick has a job that that he loves and um, our we get to converse with him and talk with him often and he lives maybe an hour from us and so okay. um, so he's he's amazing and and Annabelle 17 now just about to be 18 and working and going to school and she leaves this weekend for mission trip to Costa Rica and it will be her first overseas mission trip so it's it's precious to see her walk walk out the things that were done for her to go serve people who are struggling hmm. um, as was done for her and and she knows that and that's precious and and Macy 11 um, she is for sure the exclamation point in every single way for us she lives large and loud she um she's so much fun and I don't know what we would do without that child um so there's so much so much amazing getting to serve at our church and getting to be in student ministry this makes the 30th year for me of of getting to serve in student ministry and getting ready to go on mission trip with our high schoolers to Alaska. And so, um, so much good, so much living out loud. And that's really our dream. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it brings you a lot of joy. So much. <laughs> oh man. It's so exciting. So, so much hard and so much good. All yes. mixed together. All mixed together. <laughs> And if it wasn't that way, would we rely on the Lord? I I don't, I don't think we would nearly like what we need to. So it's all good. Well, Lisa, thank you so much. Is there a way that we can be helping people in Ukraine right now? What are you guys kind of involved in, in that regard? Um, I have actually, I have three websites and these are the people that we know that we know that we know. So um, these are the ones that that we are communicating with who are our dearest, some of our very dearest friends. One is Life Song for Orphans that mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. And their website is lifesong.org. Um, and they, they have people on the ground in Ukraine working. Um, the other one is Raduga, R-A-D-O-O-G-A, Raduga.com. And that's our precious friends who hosted us in their home and um, just precious ministry doing. If you just go and look at their website and follow them on social media, they are doing incredible things from their hideout in Ukraine. It's amazing. Um, the mm-hmm. third one is Mercy's Hope. And their website is mercieshope.org. And this precious ministry um, actually ministered to our children in their little town before we even knew about them. Hmm. They had a ministry there where they would do camps all summer um, for their orphanage. And they were the ones who delivered um, winter coats and kept our children warm before we even knew that they were going to be our children and they're precious friends to us. And they have people 
on the ground who are actually delivering food and things all the time to people who are hiding out right now. So, um, precious. one of the favorite things that, um, you know, we've, I have a friend here, Tally from Ukraine that you've been keeping up with a little bit, I think. Yes. And she was telling me that the pastor that she's working with, um, just covets our prayers. And he was, he was asking her to thank every single American, um, for praying and for sending, um, financial needs and, and provision. Um, but the coolest, I think detail I thought it was that he and this other guy will just get in the car and go drive and trust the Holy spirit to show them where people are hiding in basements so that they can provide the, you know, the food and things. And it's just so many supernatural God is just showing up for the individual. And I know that like, there's so, so, so much hard overall. And, but God is such a God of like pursuing the heart and meeting the individual need. And, um, I think that that's the stuff that changes lives and hearts. And it just sounds like so many people are coming to know Jesus and, I mean, devastating things, but also miracles, you know, absolutely, which is what we've been talking about this entire hour. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. We can't lose perspective that they both, I did not know for a long time that they both can exist at the same time and in the same home and in the same space. And, um, Yeah. So, yeah, I really want to take from this. I mean, like, yes, we see our day-to-day hard things. We all do and we struggle and we can get bogged down by those things, or we can abide with the Lord and let him give us clarity for the day and let us, he will give us eyes to see and ears to hear each situation from an eternal perspective and a sacred space. Like, yes, this is what you can see. And yes, this is how it feels. And yes, this is hard, but this is what's true about this. This is where love fits into this. And, and we can go into every day that way. Absolutely. We can't lose sight of what is true. And, and if we're not careful, that happens so easily. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We slip in and out constantly yes all day every day yeah yeah Mm, well Lisa I cherish you so much and wish I could just squeeze you so tight thank you for your heart and for being so kind to us today I adore you Riley I cannot wait for this sweet baby and Rod keeps telling me get in the car go visit (laughs) and I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it I just adore you all Let's make it happen. Let's do.